My name is Britt Hicks, and you are listening to another Exvangelical podcast. On this podcast, I interview people from all walks of life who in some way identify with the term Exvangelical. On that note, everyone has their own personal story, their own vocabulary, Uh, When listening to this podcast, there may be things that you agree with and things that you don't agree with, and I invite you to just to sit and hold space for the person that you're listening to. If you have questions, please send them in to me, and I would love to hear them. If you would like to be interviewed as an evangelical on this podcast, please send me an email or uh, reply, and I would love to get you on our show. Thanks so much, and please enjoy listening to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Color Splash. Color Splash is a camp for youth in the LGBTQIA plus community. For more information about Color Splash, Go to colorsplashout.org and get your kids signed up for camp. Camp is at the end of July this year, and it is so much fun. I will be a camp counselor. Again, if you have any questions or you want information, go to colorsplashout.org. On with the show. Okay, so before you listen to this week's episode with Kevin Garcia, just want to give you a heads up that we had an issue on recording. I had to do this interview twice. Um, Halfway through the first interview, our power cut out and lost communication with Kevin and started a new interview. So halfway through, if it sounds like he, that they changed subjects uh, pretty quickly, that's why, because it's basically two interviews in one. Also, I did the interview at church where you will hear uh, string instruments in the background. So enjoy the music as well. And on with the show. All right. So we have Kevin Garcia with us today. I am so, so excited about this interview um, Kevin, I usually have people introduce themselves, but I'm going to kind of say how I found out about you first. Sure. Um, so I remember hearing about you in 2019, trigger warning, um, when Bethel was doing their change movement mm-hmm. and people at our church were kind of getting excited about it. I went to a small church in San Antonio that was um, like a small Bethel. We would have Sean Foy, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Valentin, Danny Silk, other people come. And again, we what were- What a name, Danny Silk. Danny Silk, right? That sounds like a drag king name. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So whenever the change movement came, I think I was already uh, kind of stepping away mm-hmm. from the evangelical movement, especially after the second time Sean Foy came to our church. Um, Whoa, not twice. Oh. That one is, one is torture enough, but twice. Right. Really well, the first time he was man. like- worship right i'm like okay i can get down with that and then the second time was when he was all political and i was like is anybody else hearing what i'm hearing (laughs) that's what what is so like insane to me is that all these evangelical pastor type folk who become like they, they try to run for office and i'm just like the things that you say are nonsense and like most of them don't get elected but then like you know then you have right in 2016 uh, and possibly yeah, the, in 2024 if we don't get our asses out to vote right yeah and the the pictures of them in the white house with trump and sean like touching the uh <laughs> <laughs> he's like leaning over like being, oh like, my god and touching him with literally the tips of my finger yeah it was so it was so disgusting and all i heard and i i, I confirmed this with somebody else that i was like did he really just say that we basically need more white babies. Like he bragged about going to India once a month and like saving Indian children, but uh, that the the American population, the evangelical Woof. population, Woof. was dwindling, and 
we need more white yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. evangelical. It's uh. Anyways, let me stop interrupting. So you. yeah, that's that's how I found out about you is when the change movement um popped up and a friend of mine um sent me one of your videos and I was like, all right, oh okay, so there's a there's somebody that knows a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> and a round the block. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Kevin Miguel Garcia. Uh, pronouns are they, them. I call myself a spiritual recovery coach, which is a fancy way of saying that I help people get over their religious and spiritual trauma, specifically and especially with evangelicals, because that's the world I come from. But I have worked with XJWs and ex-Mormons and just anybody who is trying to figure out how to do spirituality outside of strict Christian norms. Mm -hmm. And I use Christian in like the broadest sense of the term. Yeah. Um, how to do, you know, and for those of us for whom like we had like a relationship with or to Jesus, like I love exploring, you know, what is a devotional practice to the teacher that we call Jesus, uh, you know, without the doctrine or dogma, what mm -hmm. is it to connect with a mystical person uh, that, you know, that has that transcended time and space and also religion? Like there are there are um, yogi yogic monks mm -hmm. who have reported having visitations from Jesus. And so I'm just like, as far as I'm concerned, everybody likes Jesus. Everybody <laughs> hates the church, though. So or at least like does it has like misgivings about the church. And so anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote my book, Bad Theology Kills back in, it published it in 2020. And my second book, which is called What Makes You Bloom is coming out January, 2024. And yeah, that's, that's the longest short. I host a podcast called A Tiny Revolution. I live in Atlanta with my dog. Um, I'm really bad at cleaning. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm the ADHD kind of girl who like, if I don't have it in my phone, okay, power clean for 15 minutes, like. I would live in, I would live in shambles. So, yeah, I get that. I get that. Usually I have like all this like blurred out behind me. So, you know, people can't really see oh. it, but I'm like, you know what? Oh, well, who cares? I, who cares? Like, this, who is, cares? this is real life. I'm wearing a robe right now over, over my gym clothes because I didn't want to get dressed. So, <laughs> you know, that's great. Cause I literally just woke up. So <laughs> I was like, I should probably do something to warm my vo voice up because I sound like this. I sound like I'm doing like you know, this is my my voice one minute on D. This is my voice waking up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like wow, oh. I could uh, join a, a choir and sing bass. Um, when so, how did this all start? Like, how when did you become a Christian? Like in your mm. previous life, nine years old, baby. I mean, it was one of those things where just like I grew up in the church, like every other like queer Christian story. I grew up in a good Christian home and, you know, was very, very pious. And like I looking back at it now, it's like at nine years old, I know that I had like a mystical encounter mm -hmm. with love, with spirit. And that's what I thought everybody was experiencing. And then as I got older, I realized, oh, this is not what everybody else is experiencing. OK, this is interesting. <laughs> also, oh, I seem to be interested in boys that's weird um but i became a christian at age nine and you know realized i was queer at like 13 like was put into ex-gay therapy mm. almost immediately and so and i bought in so like i was an ex-gay at 14 no one's an oh. ex-gay at 14 <laughs> nobody has an ex-gay testimony at 14 right. yeah yeah i was like oh i've overcome all of it you're 14 <laughs> what have you overcome, sweetie? I mean, I'm surely a lot. Like, obviously, looking back at it now, I'm just like, Bleh. anyways. Uh, it's um, like in a children's church, whenever they would do like the like, and we're all sinners. And we've all, you know, if you mm -hmm. do something um, that doesn't please your parents, you've sinned. It's like, what? <laughs> Honor thy father and mother. Right. <laughs> but like, let's um, let's make kids feel like, you know, little pieces of shit, like from the get go. <laughs> yeah, that way they don't have to quite. It's. It's wild. My little brother just started getting into therapy. And so he, he and I have been unpacking like our relationship to our mm -hmm. dead dad. And it's like, yeah, some of that shit was messed up. Like I was, I'm not going to like read his mail in the air, obviously. But it was like, he was having all these memories unlocking of like, that wasn't right. And that wasn't right. I'm just like, yeah, correct. It wasn't right. 
<laughs> and I think that's a lot of us too, like in relationship, like as we get distance from the church, we look back at it and it's like, that wasn't right. That wasn't right either. And we're like, yep. What, what now? Yeah. And that's the question I'm interested in more than anything. I feel like so many of us are like caught up. We are stuck in our trauma and we are stuck mm -hmm. in like, you know, it's, and we're like, because we've thought that religion and, and faith was an academic exercise. If I just fix my brain, if I just get yeah. the right thoughts, I'm going to be okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> bad theology will kill you good theology will not save you you need an embodied practice yeah yeah so that's that was like a long and short version of how, how when did i become a christian age nine and then that's like <laughs> the fast yeah no uh, i like the the backstory to it um i was 11 in a baptist church and I would mm -hmm. write sermons in the pews and i i in in seminary that's the moment i keep going back to of 11 year old Brit before. And I went by mm -hmm. myself. Like I would have parents drop me off. You know, if I stayed the night at a friend's house, I'm like, Hey, can you take me to church in the morning? Um, but that's, that's the moment I look back to um, the most now that I'm in seminary going, that was before the indoctrination happened. That was before mm -hmm. anyone told me anything. Like that's when I, you know, to be cheesy, like fell in love with the person, Jesus, you know, Yes, it was yes. just going back that's to that. When you became a, that's when you became a devotee. Right. A yeah. student. Yes. Yes. Um, so I know like you probably didn't wake up one day and go, oh, this is all just BS. Like what were the the main like um, some of the aha moments or times that you had? Um, some call it like a, a faith crisis. Mm -hmm. Crisis. Part where the shelf <laughs> broke. Crises. <laughs> Crises. Yeah. The things, the shelf, the shit that was like made me go hmm yeah one of the very first ones i'm age 14 i invite wife no maybe 15 15 or 16 i was in high school at the time I remember and i had a friend named cat cat was like rock and roll punk like smoked cigarettes and drove her drove her mom's corvette like that's how cool she was and i invited her to church and she was like yeah sure i'm down for whatever and like my church was stuffy and boring and like she showed up to church in skinny jeans, like, you know, midriff out, belly button pierced, beautiful. Like, she's gorgeous, blonde, like a bombshell. And also studded black leather jacket. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, and I didn't think anything of it. I thought she was really cool. And so we went and we sat down into church. And my mom said after church, you know, you really need to talk to your friend about what she wears to church. And I told my mom, I said, you're literally judging her based off of what she's wearing. Mm-hmm. She did not like that. She's like, no, it's just in certain places. I'm just like, well, she doesn't know Jesus, mom. So why are we worried about what she's wearing before we like figure out the state of her soul? And I was, that was, I was like, everybody's welcome at church. That's what I thought the deal was. And I was just so at a very young age, quite offended. Yeah. You know? Um, and I had to tell my mom, it was like, that's not fucking right. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, that was number one. Like one memory that sticks out in my brain. Uh, fast forward. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm in college. I fall in love. I have a boyfriend, and it just—I remember the first time I kissed him. It was like fireworks, and I didn't burst into flames. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't flames. It was fireworks. Yeah, and it was so cool to experience that kind of love. We were both so scared. It was like our first whatever. Neither one of us were out. It was just. <sighs> two scared little boys trying to you know find love and make yeah. love it was it was very sweet and good for what it was for the three months that we were together <laughs> but it was like formative for me because I realized God didn't hate me or at least yeah. it's part of me so then I went back in I became a mission uh became very devout in a Pentecostal church and I became mm -hmm. a missionary but also we were a like a non-denominational church that preached like a brand of ecumenism praying to the baby jesus praying to whoever to make sure that this does what it needs to do yes all right kevin we're back again back 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 again <laughs> back again old friends this at this is, point yeah yeah um we've had brunch a few times you yeah. know some mimosas <laughs> and now we're ready to get back into it or do you want to like yeah. just like start from like the top you know, I think we can get back into it because we covered some pretty great things. This will probably be the first episode that I'll actually have to edit, <laughs> which you just know, stitch it together. Cool. Like we'll be back after this break, and then you right. can like advertise <laughs> exactly. yeah. your um, I don't know, the queer line of body soaps or something. <laughs> it smells like patchouli and you 
Eucalyptus. Yeah. Or uh, or, or, or a new hemp ha- CD that's going to come out. Lavender, lavender honey. I don't know. Ooh, lavender and honey. All all the things. That would be. That's actually a really great um, uh, latte I've had in New York. Mm. Is a lavender honey latte. It was delicious. That's what I want. So let's get back into it. I usually let's get back into it. There's usually a list of questions that I ask, right? And um, I don't remember where we were, but since then, there was more questions that have popped up. Sure. Um, one that's super important and very spiritual. Um, have you watched the Ultimatum Queer Love? When I tell you, I am not a reality TV person. Like, I really want to like be <laughs> in on that, but like, I just watch it and I just it's like I just see people behaving badly, and I'm just like, it's the epitome of <gasps> trash TV, and it makes us look so bad. But it is a train wreck. I don't think it's. I don't think it makes us look bad. I think it's just like it shows you that queer people are like everybody else. That's They're true. Just That's true. As, you know. We're not an exception. We're not any better. Yes, yes, yeah. And then they have the straight host that has no idea what's going on. Oh, um, of course not. <laughs> I wasn't. That feels like an oversight to me for that season. Yeah. Hopefully they do better if they they come back and do this again. Um, okay. So we'll probably we'll we'll delete all that possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, ultimate um, listeners <laughs> or watchers. Vanessa's still the worst. Um, Okay, so one thing I really was interested in, there's so many things, um, but you did, uh, was it YWAM? You did the- I did the, the World mission, Race, uh, which was- World Adventures Race. In, yeah, by Adventures and Mission. So um, same vein, but more centralized in, in Georgia was where the base of operations was. And so it's kind of like the other reality show where they just kind of go around the world and they try these different adventures and stuff. I really wish because of the end of that. all just like missions. <laughs> yeah. And I would say it's nothing like the amazing race because the amazing race is amazing. You get to go around the world. You get to go on, like, you know, try different things. You get to like see places. We got sent to, you know, rural non-touristy destinations to do all of our work we were often living in not super conditions um i got pretty sick on the mission field um a lot of people got sick they didn't really protect our health very well and also like one of our teammates got into a really bad car wreck and they just wanted to leave her in the hospital by herself when like she was literally on a, a, a breathing tube i'm like are you what anyway I can tell you horror story after horror story, but that's th- so yeah, nothing like the amazing that's pretty race awful. and no money. <laughs> I, in fact, instead of winning money, I actually paid them $15,500 oh, to do that. And I didn't even finish it. Capitalism is the worst. Like the, the internship that I paid for and ended up getting more trauma than anything. Yeah. yeah. But so also, they, I heard really, bit- they really like get us to like pay for our own trauma. Like, so just like you paid for it, yes. you opted in. So, so you feel bad about wanting to quit. Literally you paid for it. You paid for this. Um, do you mind telling us about the training a little bit? Like the kidnapping and all that? Oh my God. Sure. So the, I, the more I, times I, I rehash and go back, I always like discover little things like, I was like, oh wait, that wasn't right. Oh wait, that wasn't right either. Oh wait, that wasn't right either. Um, and the first, I mean, like that we didn't have like, uh, it wasn't ever like, like, you know, the, a simulated kidnapping or anything like that. But among other things, they, uh, one of the more, more mild ones was a simulated market with all of these people. So basically all these white people who are dressed up in the clothes of other nations. Oh no. Saying (laughs) phrases and stuff in broken English. Oh no. (laughs) And we had to use like these tokens to exchange money and barters like, this is how it's gonna be. You're gonna be in the market and it's gonna be confusing. And like people were just getting weird and like, like running and stealing stuff and trying to make things happen really, really quickly. And it was like, what, what is like, huh like also just like y'all are intentionally making this more stressful than it actually ever was or is going to be 
you blew it way like like you did the white person thing obviously and you know also like covering yourself in dirt and talking in broken english or whatever like a little bit of that's awful yeah problems 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 um (laughs) i I think no i think it was on um twitter or instagram where you said you don't like the word messy because it's like oh it's icky but that that is (laughs) that is messy and icky (laughs) that is messy and icky and i'm like i'm fine with the word messy if it's actually describing a mess and that was a mess sounds like a Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I mean, I can imagine it because yeah, I've been in spaces like that, but it's just, it's awful that people think that's okay. Yeah. I mean, like the other things that were like, we, they said, okay, put your half, you put your packs on this tarp, the other half on that tarp. Like if you're, if your pack is on that tarp, you've lost your stuff for the night, the whole day. So you got to figure out where you're sleeping tonight. Ask one of your teammates. And the only person who had any remote space was my teammate, Brad. And he had a one person tent that we made into a two person. So I'm talking like, and my gay ass in the tent with the very, very cute, like rock climber bro. <laughs> and also I don't have a blanket. So I'm just like out there like shivering as fucking oh. shit. I'm like, so we're gonna sleep deprive them. We're gonna make them do worship. We're gonna like barely feed them. Um, one the other night they made us stay on a bus. This is 50 adults on a regular size school bus with all of our 50 liter packs. And it was like, just stay on there. So all the guys were like, oh, we're going to be strong and just sleep on top of the packs in the back. I'm like, no, I'm sleeping on the roof. This is fucking stupid. And so I went and I climbed, I opened the emergency hatch and I slept on the roof. Like, you can't do that. I said, are you going to stop me? And of course, like our team leaders weren't even staying there. They were staying in like the staff dorms. I'm like, we're just doing this. We're just listening to them. But of course, like eventually I kind of like got in line because that was the only way I knew how to like, you know, keep my sanity was just to kind of like look the other way, which is what you do in church anyways, right? Right, yeah. Um. So my training kicked in until it didn't. It's almost like you have to live in, and I feel like a good 20, 25 years of my life was just survival mode. And you don't even mm-hmm. realize really that you're living in survival mode until you get out of it and you're like, oh shit, that was messed up. Um, yeah. And that was just like, that was just, that was just a little bit. I, <laughs> I have, I've got stories on stories on stories. And I was only on there for seven months. Like I quit because I'm just like, I don't want to be alive anymore. So like, mm, maybe I should go home. And all this time I was like, mm, just pray, just ask God. I'm like, mm, I've done that. I've been, I've been done doing that. And I'm better than everybody else at it, I might add. And still God's <laughs> not answering me. So like, no. Nah. Do you, I know you're still in contact with people probably. Are Barely. there any Barely. Are there any folks that are still in the mission field? Not you don't have to like name them or anything. I don't just... know anybody. I personally am not in contact with anybody who's still okay. in the mission field because they don't want to talk to me. Um, and most of my friends who were a part of that experience, anyone who I considered friends are now like in the same boat as you and me, where we're like, what were we doing? And all of us are fucking queer <laughs> shit. So it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Makes that me makes think sense. of a uh, of uh, Selmer's youth group lock-in song. Mm-hmm. They could they could make it into a mission field song. <laughs> no, yeah, but make that the second verse. Right, short-term yeah. missions or, is a really strange concept. <laughs> yeah, the sexual awakening in Nepal. Um. Oh, completely. <laughs> I had mine in. Well, I didn't have a sexual awakening. I was already sexually awake. I was sexually repressed <laughs> in Nepal. Mm. Um, there's so many countries I want to go back to, but I don't know if I want to go back to now. It's weird. Like after coming out going, yeah, I would love to go back to India. I would love to go back to Nepal. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. would I get killed now if I went back? Oh no, I don't think you would. Like you'd, <laughs> no, I don't think you probably, you, I don't think you get killed in India either. I think that you would probably really enjoy yourself. I'm no, I'm going back to India by the end of the year. I'm going with my teacher. Um, specifically because like, that's where our, we have lineages, um, in certain places oh i can hear the street <laughs> yeah there's more cello players Love they're that. everywhere <laughs> um i um but my teacher's taking me back because i remember like being very very sick and also resenting the entire experience just so deep in my own pain that i could not remotely enjoy being there or even the people i, I was sick mm. i couldn't really eat the food because it just went right through me mm-hmm. and i 
rather than like seeing like, oh my God, like I am among some of the most generous and kind and sweet people I've ever been around. And also when the hell else am I gonna get a chance to adventure to a world like this and imbibe a culture like this? I was given such a great gift and I was a dick. Um, and also I was trying to colonize them the whole time. I was trying to, yeah. I was, that was, that was another thing that I, it was in India that I realized this is bullshit mm-hmm. because these people don't need Jesus. They need food and money and like resources. They don't need me coming out here telling me like, Hey, there's one more thing you got to do to be right with God. They need like job training or medicine. And what were we doing? We were telling them stories from the Bible, like, None of us were trained preachers. None of us were even really good at it. And we all just like went through the motions. Mm-hmm. Strange, and, very strange. Right. Probably like like we would do stuff through um, like acting out, right? We would do human videos. We would do like little plays and stuff. Human, wait, human videos. What does that mean? Oh, so human, vi- oh, you remember Carmen? <laughs> yes, I do remember Carmen. <laughs> like, unfortunately. So we would act out songs to Carmen um one being like you know satan bite the dust i was the devil i'll have to send you that picture of me being the devil um <laughs> so, so, you would, so you would wait you would play english songs and do like pantomimes to them right yes word word yeah yeah it was great Christianity's i mean it was great but all. it's not great no no not at all i mean yeah talking my awkward stage was again like 20 25 years maybe 30 oh um still in it you know when did i leave never <laughs> let me know when right. i get out of it I'm, I'm still in it uh but just so much happier now mm. um and you talked about a teacher so another question that i had was sure. when did you start getting into like doing tarot cards and mm. more um other things other 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 than christian things because i know yeah. you also went through seminary as well right yeah um seminary was actually the place where like I had like this spiritual awakening and just kind of a realization of like, oh, I, I'm not, if I am a Christian, I'm not just a Christian. I'm mm. more than a Christian, like, or the definition of Christianity needs to expand to include somebody like me if they want it. Otherwise, I'm not a Christian because what I'm doing right now, some people would call it witchcraft. Me mm-hmm. sitting out under, under the full moon, had a candle, did a spread, was just like smoking a little weed. And just really connecting with spirit, really connecting with that sense of self and source. And I didn't feel bad about it. And I was like, this is the thing that's connecting me to God. But like, it kind of sent me into an identity spiral because it forced me to ask the question, who am I without Christianity? Who am I without the church? And up until that point, like my identity and my money, frankly, was wrapped up in the fact that I was strongly a gay Christian TM. And I was afraid of who I would lose if I was honest about like what I was actually doing with my life. And funny enough, the more honest you are, the the more you attract the right people into your atmosphere and into your, your orbit. So after, um, after I came out, I started dabbling in tarot cards because it was like, okay, well, they told me the devil is in homosexuality and then I found God in being myself. So I'm like, okay, so where else did they tell me the devil was? Yes. Tarot cards and crystals and, you know, you know, being around the homosexuals and the transgenders and all of them Mm -hmm. sinners. I just found God in all these places. So tarot became how I prayed because I'm just like, I don't know how to connect to God anymore. I don't know how to hear for God anymore within myself because like it just feels so wrapped up in my trauma so tarot was like my introduction back into spirituality in general and the more i studied the more i think tarot has its roots some of its roots in christian mysticism like there's a whole beautiful treatise by a french monk called meditations on the tarot that tells the whole like gospel narrative through these beautiful esoteric uh images um but actually start so yeah it's it started when i started coming out it intensified as i went into seminary and uh, by the time i finished seminary i was really staunch and not wanting to be a pastor and not really wanting to be a part of a 
I'm not a part of a local congregation now because it just doesn't do it for me anymore, mm -hmm. but still dedicated to spiritual flourishing and still dedicated to spiritual community. So it started with that in school and now it's like, um, I, I jumped into yoga and not just as like a practice of like body movement, but as like a path of spirituality and orienting oneself to the world. So um, my teacher is is a yogi and um, has been a practitioner like since he was 17. Like he's been on the path for over 30 years. And I'm kind of learning from him what applied yogic philosophy looks like, um, which is kind of funny. Like it feels like the yogic reflexive of Christian practical theology, because mm. the only questions we're asking are just like, what is helpful? Mm. What is actually going to get us closer to the presence of God? And that's what I'm interested in doing. I don't really care about dogma or doctrine or theology, mm -hmm. really. I am interested in the lived experience we're all having. And so short, long answer that short answer, <laughs> I started getting into it right after I came out because I want, I needed to explore. I needed to get close to God again. And that was how I did it. Just kind I of follow the spirit's prompting, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love how you said that, like, <laughs> you were like, you know, they said homosexuality was a sin. So let's see what other things were sinful mm -hmm. that, you know, and I, I kind of did the same thing. And I guess a lot of people do that, right? To where they're like, okay, yeah, hold on. If it's you like were telling you, me a lie about this. <laughs> I mean, I like for those of us who like didn't save it for marriage, it's just like we went out and had that little illicit sexual moment. And then we were done. Mm -hmm. It was like, but wait, that wasn't that bad, was it? That can't be, that's that's the thing that's gonna send me to hell. Right, or drinking for this first time. I like, I remember my first drink going, oh my God, oh my God. And then I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> I feel it's, fine. It's, it's, it was like when I said I'm gay out loud for the first time and the earth did not open up and swallow me whole, <laughs> which is what somebody would say, like, God's gonna punish you and the earth's gonna, they Man, really, I wish like, God. I wish God would with some of these I, folks. I wish God would. <laughs> I mean, swallow me. Take, get me out of here. Like I, like I was telling somebody else. I don't believe in the rapture anymore. But my prayer has mm -hmm. been, Lord, please, if it's gonna happen, like let it happen Even now. Even so, Lord, come. <laughs> I want out. This life is ridiculous. If I get, if, if I get a, if I get a quick trip to like, you know, where I get to, a, you know pass all my suffering and just go into bliss, I would absolutely take that. But of course. Yeah, yeah, we have to. Fortunately. <laughs> I would now, re now I'm, I'm ready for the tribulation, y'all. Bring it on. <laughs> I think we're in it. <laughs> I live in Austin, so I, I definitely feel like we're in it. I was, uh, right before this, I was downtown and they raised, raised the uh, Progress Pride flag over Travis County. Which is amazing because mm -hmm. it's been hell. This legislative session has been hell for our community. So yeah, yeah. We're just uh, not but, doing much better either. Atlanta too. We've yeah. been like fighting cop city, and it's just like, what the fuck do we gotta do, man? To just like, I just we just want to breathe. We just yeah, <laughs> we just want to live. We just want to live our lives. <laughs> we just want to live our fucking lives, and I'm just like, y'all are freaking out about like less than ten percent of the population. Yeah. Yeah. We're literally just like, all we want, we want to be able to pay our bills and have a job. Right. Like, we don't we need people obsessing over our genitals. Like, stop. Or who we're kissing. It's disgusting. Like, yeah. I'm not obsessing over who straight people are kissing. Yeah, we don't care. We really yeah. do not care. Yeah. So, what, someone like made a stupid <laughs> meme. It was just like, they're like, state, like government uh, enforced homosexuality. I'm just like, you cannot enforce a sexuality because there's too many of us who try to enforce a straight sexuality. Look where we are. Literally, <laughs> literally just two queers. That like, and plus also we're just like, I think queer people are just really bad at being straight. Like we try to fake it. I don't, it's oh not yeah, good. I was never, I was never um, straight passing. Never. Neither was people I. would ask, yeah, they would also, are, are you sure you're not gay? I am not gay. Stop asking me. <laughs> I am not gay. You know, like I was never, ever straight passing. Mm -hmm. I was always the same way. I was just like, are you gay? I'm just like, no, of course not. I'm a Christian. <laughs> what makes you, what makes you think that? It's like, what, what, what makes drop, you think that? <laughs> drop my voice. The, no. Turns out like my one middle school friend who I was, the one middle school friend who uh, was like my one guy friend, like we found each other on Facebook years later. I'm like, oh my God, you came out. I'm like, yeah, you did too. I'm like, Yes. So funny. <laughs> I uh, 
realized years later that my friends had set me up on a date with this guy um, years later, right? I'm just, I'm kind of, I wasn't into guys. So I was just like, oh, we're going on bike rides. We're eating pizza. I like all this stuff, right? And then um, he came out to me and I was like, hey, was that a date that we were on? And he was like, yeah, they were trying to hook up or set us up. It's like, huh? And we took a picture like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, we should send this to them and say, hey, look, we're married now. The two, the two queers. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for setting me up with my yes, best friend. With my best friend. We're roommates. <laughs> It was so funny. Roommates. I was like, that was a date. And he was like, yeah. I was like, huh. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know if you didn't. Yeah. Like in, uh, in middle school and high school and everyone had crushes and stuff, especially like middle school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to try. Right. I'm like, Ooh, crush, 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 uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Sure. You know, and then JTT I just, for sure. Yeah, JTT. And, but now my hair the guys like from this, Hanson. You know? <laughs> now you yeah. look like the guys from Hanson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it? I think it's like, um, it's like all closeted lesbians now look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and now all closeted gay men look like they want to like, I don't say all of them are just like, mm, how can I get the Kardashians lips? <laughs> the number of gay men who are just like, I want, like, thank God my lips are fully natural. And if you can see this is the podcast, my lips are very luscious. And I just see them on like these guys who like, it was like, you literally were like Reba McIntyre. You had no upper lip and now you have a, a, a fucking life raft on your face, which like, and go- it's like, they, they rub grease on it too. Like, it looks like they've like ate oh, like great. a, yeah, it looks like they just chowed on a, um, a rotisserie chicken and it's like delicious. <laughs> like, like it's and, and like I'm no shade to anybody who gets work done. I've got like, no, many no. friends who've gotten work done. It's just I just think it's so funny because like people who do it, you can't tell them nothing anyways. Like so, if you're gonna do, not that I'm a fan of Joyce Myers, but she would say fix oh, it girl. before it's broke. <laughs> Joyce Meyer, that girl also like she it's also scary. surprised me. Yeah, she surprised me when she started getting work done because like for so long she was like very not for that woman, natural beauty and all that. And then the next thing you know, her lips are popping. <laughs> you hit a certain age, I guess, for some folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't, you can't fake it anymore. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I won't lie. I'll, if I had the money, I would get my teeth and my hairline done in an instant. Teeth. My, my wife has told me that I look like I'm balding, so that's not nice, but yes. Well, I would shit. Get a little, <laughs> well, shit. Um, and I'm in her, my wife, uh, was born in India. So I'm interested in to see like where you go, how your trip goes. Cause I would love to go back, mm-hmm. but want to make sure that we go somewhere that it's going to be, you know, safe for us. Oh yeah. Uh, um, man, I really like talking to you, Kevin. You're, you're an easy person to talk to. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm like, I just want to be selfish and just keep talking to, to them. Um, but I know we both have things that we have to do today. Um, I got me. Listen, I, you got me until like, 3 p.m. So like, oh, we just keep chatting. We, yeah, we can keep chatting if you want to, because I I haven't this whole hour blocked off in my in my calendar. So up to you. What do you have? Yo, no, this is this, and then uh, lunch. Okay, so where? that's it. Um, just trying to think because you know I've followed you for probably since Bethel came out with Changed. Right, that's mm-hmm. when I started following you. I saw your video. You're very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, rightfully so. And I was like, who is this? And I started watching some of your videos and I kind of feel like, um, and I know we're not the same, but I feel like our, our healing paths have kind of mm-hmm. been similar. Sure. So I remember getting to a point where I was like, I'm just so tired of being mad. Like, I just want to be done being mad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was valid. I needed that. I needed to be angry. And then it was like the next day you were like, okay, so now we're done being mad. And you're like, you know, like it was like the next step. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it feels like there's like a few people that I can follow um, who kind of help in this journey of like, okay, so we've grieved, we've been mad. Now we're in the healing part. And now how can we, and like you're one of my favorite things that you say too, is like you block and bless. Like there's been so many people um, and bless them, block them and bless them. And cause I got to a point too, where like there were people that I was letting get to me that genuinely, if I saw them in the grocery store, I would be happy to see them. Right. Mm-hmm. But because I'm seeing what they're writing on like, um, social media, Facebook or whatever, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. I don't, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. So it was just like that. Like if, before they could even 
say something that was going to make me, you know, angry or whatever, I would just block and bless them. And if I run into them, I run into them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but other people like, it's not so easy, mm-hmm. but yet still communicating, you know, my convictions to them and love. And then this morning, you know, them telling me, Oh, you're, you indoctrinate children. Okay. <laughs> I mean, people like that, I don't have any patience for Like It's just like, if you like people like that are, I'm not going to say they're intentionally misled, but they, they have no connection to a queer community whatsoever. Mm. It's like, and one, another, um, kind of one of my relationship calm, like when I have, when you have difficult relationships with people and you have to like have, you know, productive conversations with them. One of the things, if they say something racist, sexist, xenophobic, whatever, like, you know, something not right. I usually ask, you know, how do your queer friends feel about that? Or how do your black mm. friends, you say that? Yeah. How do your trans friends feel when you say that? Whatever. So I was like, well, can I just tell you about my experience with, you know, because like I used to, you know, and I'll even like, you know, it, this, this is if you want to do the hard work of having conversations with people who I also want to say, this is conversations in the context of relationships. Mm-hmm. Don't try to convince Joe Schmo Blow from Facebook, who just mm-hmm. has an American flag and an eagle icon for his picture. <laughs> that John you're 316. <laughs> yeah. Don't con- try to convince that person that you are God's beloved child because they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They're not like, they also like, they don't give a fuck and they also don't get like, you know, care about actually like changing, you know, they don't care about peace. They don't care about unity. They don't, and they also don't care about children, but they've been made to be afraid of us because, you know, very, very smart people have taken advantage of a lack of education and, you know, racism runs deep. It's at the core of it all. But um, I just ask like, how does your ex person, how does your ex friend feel? You know, you know, fill in the ex with whatever right community and usually like it kind of brings up i don't know anybody i'm just like well i do i'm just like can i tell you about how my trans friends move through the world or how my queer friends or can i tell you about my experience and and they just say it's like and they're like well this this and i'm just like i was just telling you about my experience i'm not telling you that you are wrong because they'll hate that right yeah just like but when i hear things like that from you it really like it stings and it makes me not want to be around you anymore because mm. I, because like, this is not a phase, like just trying like be very clearly, like not making it about theology, not making it about public policy, but unfortunately, you know, just leaning on not unfortunately, fortunately, probably leaning on that relationship and the kind of like, but you don't deserve, like, pe- like people think that they have to martyr themselves. They think that they have to like stick around in these shitty, friendships and mm-hmm. these shitty relationships just because like in the name of unity or in the name of you know uh, family and i was just like my you know i've just i'm just to a point in my life where like if you don't feel like home to me from the jump i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to make myself my home in somewhere that doesn't feel like it and i'm not, not gonna keep people in my home who make my home feel like shit. Like my, my, so that's why like I will block people. That is why my relationships with people in my family have changed drastically and dramatically over the years in some cases. So I am not here for the bullshit. I do not tolerate that kind of shit anymore. So I, that's what I just kind of suggest to everybody is like, there's no reason. Cause also it gets me angry. It takes me mm-hmm. out of my peace. It takes me from actually recognizing what do I want to be doing? Because I don't need to rehash the biblical case for LGBTQ inclusion with this person because they don't care. Right. And also, frankly, I don't care. So like, why am I doing this? I don't know. Well, if I don't know, maybe I should move on. Yeah. Maybe I should go yeah. do something that will feel good. Call somebody that would feel good. Mm-hmm. Do li- literally do anything else, but stop engaging with people who don't love you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean and, that. Yeah, I mean that across the board. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're your family members if they don't love you. And they would say, and "Oh, it, but this is love." Right? No, it's not. Yeah. 
This is the truth and love. And you can say, no, it's not. Yeah. And you can just say, this isn't loving. And I would, Mm -hmm. I would also say, it's like, do you really think I'm reacting for no reason? Mm -hmm. You think I'm just making this up? That's something I had to say to to my family too. I'm like, do you think I'm making this up? Like, no, like you, y'all know me. I've been to therapy. I'm on meds. I'm more stable than I've ever been. And you're telling me, and like, you're trying to make me feel like I'm insane. But what's insane is that y'all are treating me so poorly and I am your family. We have differences that we disagree on, but you are treating me poorly. I've never, like, I've never done this to you. All because you disagree with something. I disagree with a lot of shit y'all do, but I don't treat you like shit. And if you don't start treating me with kindness, I am going to leave you alone. And then you won't have to see me. You won't have to worry about this having this conversation ever again. And that's up to you. And some people like, it's like, how do you have that bold of a conversation? Because eventually you get pissed off enough or you suffer in silence. And I am, unfortunately, I'm not one to suffer in silence. <laughs> Unfortunate for everyone else. Like I'm much happier now. So, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like you said, you said your peace, your happiness. Um, and they, and so there's two things, right? That they'll say is that um, the music's distracting. You're totally fine. <laughs> they don't say that, but um you know, that they're saying the things, you know, the truth and love, and then, um, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself, they don't love themselves. So how can they love their neighbor? Period. Um, and also that's, the, so the second thing would be, you know, well, I have freedom of speech. I do too. But your freedom of speech, because the things that you're saying, there's also repercussion, re- repercussions of the things that you're saying. Yeah. You know, and like, I, grew look, up in, I grew up in the South and, you know, we say talk shit, get hit. <laughs> and that's where I come from. I'm just like, I'm not, not going to physically assault you. Yeah. But I'm just like, you can say whatever you want, and I don't have to be around you when you say it. Okay. Yeah. But 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 but, but fuck you. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, like look at the indictment, right? A I'm, president I'm that thought he could say anything he wanted to, and now he said I know. could shoot somebody in Times Square and nothing would happen. It's just like actually, bitch. You can't. Yeah. Like, oh, in Jesus' name, send him to jail. <laughs> 20 to 24. <laughs> he, no, not 20, just life. Not, not even, not even like, I mean, I would be happy if they just convicted him and they said, like, you can't run for public office ever again. I would be happy with that. But Lord in heaven. I mean, an ankle monitor would be great too. Yeah. Just because. Yeah, I can't wait to hear how the arraignment goes today. It's gonna be great. What like a time! Pride. It's just like <laughs> Pride Month, just really delivering for us, huh? It is. It is. It is. This is. Uh, this is something, man. So, um, see, a couple of questions I want to get out before. Sure. Uh, before the end, because I think these are really great questions, and I always Let's get do it. Let's do it. Cool answers. Um, and I'll, I'll give them to you back to back in case you want to kind of tie them together. Sure. So one would be, what is something that you would want to tell your younger self? Mm. And that could be like, however far oh, I know back exactly or, what I want to say. Awesome. And then the second part of that is what would you want to say to someone that's listening to the podcast? Oh, and that's a whole like different range of people. Um, to my younger self. Um, I, it's the same thing I kind of say every time. It's just like, wear the lipstick, mm. wear the nail you- polish, kiss the boy, just be gay. Go do like, I knew that I was queer and into boys my freshman year of high school and I, everything. Wow. And man, there's just so like, you know, we all kind of think that some of the things were missing out because we didn't get to have our queer childhood. And I'm certainly making up for that now. And there's just, there's just little moments where I'm just like, what if I just had that time? Like a full 10 years of like experience being myself. Cause yeah. I've only, I've only been out going on eight years now, not even a full decade. And I love who I've become. I just wonder who I could have been had I had more like, you know, you know, a whole life of mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. And so I guess that's, I would say that to everybody else too, is that like, are you holding back in any way? Are you, are you, 
doing the things that you want to do? Are you living a life that gives you joy and fills you with peace and allows you to find God in the every, in the moment to moment, not just where you show up on Sunday? Because I don't like, life is very, like, we always say life is short. But also life can be quite long and delicious. Cause like, I will say like time has felt so much longer since I came out mm. because I'm not trying to bypass life anymore. Yeah. Invested in it. And I think that anybody out there who is afraid to be themselves is suffering the same fate I did for mm. so long. And the only person who can walk through this eye of the needle is you. The only person who can set yourself free is you. Like you can pray to Jesus all you want, but at the end of the day, he's like, you're the one who got to follow. You're the one who got to pick up your mat and walk, if you will. So I'd say like, I would just ask the question, I'm just like, where are you holding back? And you, and like, if whoever's listening, you already know what that thing is. It's already coming to top of mind. And so when you look at that, don't look at it as like, oh my God, I got to get on the right now. It's like, just notice. Just know, okay, yeah, I am doing that. What do I want to do differently next time? What do I want to do now that I'm aware of it? Because awareness is the very, very first stop into manifesting a life that we want. You have to be aware of what is be cognizant of the thing you want to create next. Too many people are trying are like unconsciously creating their lives out of a reaction and in order to stay safe, which again is understandable, but overall is not a sustainable model of living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that um yeah mm. Mm. gotta chew on that for a bit um, yeah, I, I, I probably set up two big two big sandwiches <laughs> a foot long um and then for our listeners what is something that you want to, you would want to tell them? And this can be any type mm. of listener that you have in mind. Oh, that's kind of like what I was going into. Like for everybody, it was just like, where are you holding back? Yeah. Same. Right. It's like, yeah. I want like, y'all need to like, is there any place in your life where you're still cringing at yourself? Mm. Is there any place in your life where you still feel even the slightest bit of shame? Right. Why? Yeah. And I'm not saying that as like, why are you doing that? Just let it go. Right. <laughs> I'm saying that as just why? Yeah. Why? Because guess yeah. what? That person maybe hurt you that one time. That voice in your mm. head ain't yours. Who is that? Whose voice does that? Who is who does it belong to? Who's these thoughts, these shitty thoughts you have about yourself aren't even your thoughts. They're mm -hmm. somebody else's. And they're not even true most of the time. So just get in touch like do some yoga touch some grass kiss kiss somebody that with consent that you find attractive you know shake your oh my god shake your ass a little bit yes yes so, um i spent the weekend in la for pride and i just really allowed myself to go hard and go out and like be gay do crime kind of vibe <laughs> and this weekend i'm going to a gay campground where i'm going to basically sit by the river and like think Yes, um, <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, yeah, anyone who's listening, figure out figure out like what's holding you back and yeah, fucking do something about it. You're the only one who can. And even even if that is just one tiny thing, which is like maybe today I'll look at myself in the mirror naked and say I love you. Yeah, that's something that if I could tell anybody that, oh, that's another thing. That's the other thing I tell everybody, <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror naked and tell yourself that you love you and stay there. It'll feel uncomfortable at first, but like, if you can just wait a couple of minutes and just look mm -hmm. and, and hear your body saying to you, the person witnessing all this, I love you too. Cause your body loves you so much. Especially those of us who are like, it's very strange. Um, like queer culture and like beauty standards mm. that we're still like working to get over. I'm like, I'm always gonna have a little bit of a gut because I drink beer and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Put that on t-shirt. <laughs> Period. Uh, yeah, and so looking at yourself and then maybe play a little Lizzo because Lizzo is all about you know body positivity. Yes. 
And that's um, another thing too. Like if you want to learn how to love yourself, follow fat people who love themselves. On yes. The internet. Yeah. And not just the big creators, find small creators, mm -hmm. find people who you wouldn't conventionally be attracted to and follow them because they're inspiring and figure like, actually that's the most attractive thing I've ever seen because like, so someone who comes to mind for me is like, uh, oh, name's Sophie. Her, her last name is Swedish. I can't remember it. Mm -hmm. But anyways, follow fat creators. They're amazing. And like that, there's nothing that will inspire you more to love the body that you live in than seeing somebody else who has had to overcome every obstacle to love their bodies. Yes. And probably still overcoming. I mean, it's like, I am not a fat person. I recognize that. And I said, but like, I'm also like, not like, you know, jacked as fuck either. So like mm -hmm. in gay man community, depending on where I'm sitting, I look like a troll. <laughs> what is it? People joke about it. Like, you know, I'm an Atlanta eight, but I'm an LA two, mm. you know, <laughs> but also leagues aren't real. That's true. Yeah. So and it, now that we've given you body advice and dating advice all in one day. Hey, I mean. I was thinking about, um, there was this meme and, you know, it was definitely fat shaming, but it was, you know, if you're, you want to go on a diet, uh, eat something in front of the mirror naked. And, and I'm like, actually, actually fuck do yeah. it, do actually, it. Like, let me get my steak I, and potatoes and just yes, chow down. Ma. I did it the other day with the apple turnover. I'm like, I like my, this is probably T TMI for my no, listeners. This is perfect. I'm like, I like my body. I yeah. like this apple turnover. You know, it was just. Cause also like. The fuck like well it's, it's right. one of those things where like there was an experience i had i was go i went to um there's a dance party in the summertime here in atlanta called the shaka khan hacienda and it's a big queer dance party so everybody's there and of course and it's very queer so like it's not just like cis dudes like cis gay dudes but it's queer mm -hmm. and there's all types of people in all types of different scantily clad and there was one time i was with you know my guy friends and like they took their shirts off then i was like you know what i'm gonna fucking do it because it's hot in here and it doesn't matter because i was seeing all types of people skinny bodies fat bodies regular every average bodies disabled bodies people who didn't have clothes on they're like you know a different and i was like the only person who is shaming me is me and i don't have mm. to do that because i could just yeah. take my shirt off if i want to and then i did and you know what it was both not the biggest, it's not a big deal, A, and two, it was so freeing. Yeah. Also, I realized, oh my God, it's so much cooler now. <laughs> I was so much more comfortable. And it really was like going to like queer spaces and seeing mm. people with bodies different from mine being free. And I was like, oh, I like, we're literally the only people shaming ourselves. It is so deeply entrenched in the body and it takes work. It really is. And what's so amazing, though, too, is that when you start the process of loving the body, there will come a moment, your dance floor moment will come when all yes. of a sudden you look at yourself and you're like, oh, my God, love you. Sick. You're, you're so hot. Yeah. Because you realize the hottest thing that you could ever experience is the love that you have for yourself and attraction towards what you see in the mirror and not saying like, in, I mean, maybe in a sexual way, maybe you can get turned on by yourself. Cool. Anyways, that's another con conversation, probably. And you said you weren't a preacher, and I think you just preached a whole sermon right there. So, Whoa, come on. I now. mean, because we need the whole body. We need the hands. We need the feet. If the eye, um, I cannot say mm, to the nose, and the hand, mm, the head cannot say to the foot that hey, you have no place here. Yeah. You get the slightest thorn in your side, and you are just uncomfortable as hell. The whole, like the whole time, you get a splinter in your finger. I'm, I'm useless. <laughs> you know. I get a little acid reflux and I'm just like, I got to take the afternoon off. I just, <laughs> but in your thirties, yeah. it gets more intense. Like I, li I literally had to chuck some Pepto when I got in. Cause it was so That's bad. That's so funny. <laughs> my, uh, I, I can share this news now cause we made it public yesterday, but my wife is pregnant and uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a little girl in December. Oh. She wants it to be born on December 13th. Cause she's a Taylor Swift or she's a Swifty. Um, She's a Swifty in the quotes. She's a Swifty. Yeah. She's not she's afraid. Call, she call her what she is. <laughs> yeah. She's a Swifty. Swifty. Be proud. <laughs> Be who you are for your pride. Yes. 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 
but she's like, you know, the morning sickness and all the all the pregnant oh, things. No. And she's like, you don't want to do this. I'm like, no. <laughs> the reason why I didn't want to have babies in my straight life is because I didn't want that life. And then uh and I was like, I can marry a woman and she can carry the child. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> we love- we can do that. Cause yeah, the same thing. If I have a headache, we're done. We're out. It's over. Like if I'm yeah. even slightly like if the universe slightly I'm better now than I used to. It's like emotional social discomfort i can really deal with that pretty easily but if i have some kind of like physical thing going on i'm hangry horrifying (laughs) to be around horrifying get them Um, a sandwich now my god the the amount of times that i've avoided starting world war three by eating a sandwich (laughs) my hand's been on the red button (laughs) um one church that we were going to we would have um God, I feel like we were having mimosas every Sunday after service. Oh and it was like in the in the evening. Yeah, right. Um, but we got to the point where we had two Tylenol in our pockets because it's like. <laughs> if I get two turned at not, church. Not, <laughs> even just, with, I'm such a lightweight now because I barely ever drink. Um, yeah. But after our our, uh, our naked conversation, I'm like, damn, I want a, a shower beer. Have you ever enjoyed a shower oh, beer? When have I not enjoyed a shower the beer? best. Especially so, like, like <laughs> summertime, you go to the pool, it's afternoon, you're going to go inside and cool off. And I'm like, I'm not done drinking my beer. It's coming in the shower with me. It's so hot. It's the cold. It's just. Refresh. It's it's amazing. It's the it's best what I'm going to be experience. doing this weekend when I go to gay camping. Where I'm going to like. I love. And by gay camping, I mean, I'm in a cabin because I'm not that girl. <laughs> gay, I, when gay I was, glamping. Yeah. When I was a missionary. Oh my, I could, I could, I was so butch when I was a missionary. I was, now granted, I'm going to go hike the Camino probably next year. Yes, yes. And I can't, I love hiking. I love being outdoors. But at the end of the day, I really do want to sleep in a bed. And so even on the Camino, I'm going to get myself a room by myself every night. Because you know why? I I did the missionary thing. I already slept in the room in the hostels. Yeah. And, and what, what, what for? Like, why, why? So we actually have, and I might, if you want me to set you up with it, like not set, this sounds weird. Yeah, okay, yeah. so if I have a professor. There you go. Um, one of my professors, uh, she does a Camino every year and they stay at hotels. Like they do oh. a little bit of the walk hotel, a little bit of the walk hotel. Um, and I think they're going either next year or the the year after. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's another thing too, is like, I don't have to rough it. Like Jesus doesn't want me to like, I don't think he cares. No. at all like I why that, why you know it's like self-flogging of like oh i have to take a cold shower and sleep on the floor or, yeah. yeah it's like why don't you just practice um i mean like yeah like there's there, there's something to be said about embracing uncomfortable situations when they mm-hmm. arise because if you can't handle uncomfortable situations like when they arise like that's just gonna impact you so like if anything happens, like I, I can always roll with punches, but I, um, I'm just planning ahead now, I guess. So thank you so much, Kevin. This was um, so I will good. Probably, I will probably set this up again, um, maybe next season or something, or just an hour just to talk because I really yeah, do enjoy talking to you. You're cool as hell. Um, this was a really you. fun time. My very last question is yes or no. Sure. Are we BFFs now? Hell yes. Okay. And if you're coming to Austin, let me know. We've got extra rooms, six Let's dogs. Do and if you like babies, you can you be the are, you can be you a are lesbian family. You are a lesbian family. <laughs> we are six dogs. Yeah. If you look up lesbians in the dictionary, our picture, our family pictures there. Like quintessential. Quintessential yes. modern lesbianism right here. Yes. Um, Kevin, I love you. I love you too. Hey, thank you for such a cool time. Like this was really yeah. neat. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the the cello music. It was. It was <laughs> great. Good luck with editing it on the back on the back end. Yeah. I'll probably just keep it. (laughs) All right. uh, Peace be with you, my friend. And also with you. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So that about does it for this week's episode. And also for season one, y'all season one is already over. We've had 16 wonderful interviews Next week will be a bonus interview where our friend Carrie Holly Hurt turns the mic around and interviews me. 
Um, Y'all, it's been a great season. Uh, People have really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this. I look forward to season two. Um, If you would like to get in touch with me, please do. You can find me on Instagram at Another Exvangelical Podcast. You can also find me on Facebook under the same handle. Um, On some platforms, you can leave reviews and comments. Um, But Facebook and Instagram are the best places to reach me right now. And please do let me know what y'all think about the podcast. Let me know what you want to hear more of. If there's even things you want to hear less of. Um, But that's going to do it again for this season. Y'all, it's been a blessing. I love you all. Enjoy the rest of your summer and we will see you in August. Goodbye.